So, uh, really excited, uh, Brent, to have you here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, you drove up from Tuscaloosa this morning. I did. There's a lot of sad people in Tuscaloosa. There, uh, my wife is a yeah. sad person in Tuscaloosa, but I got great pleasure. I'm a Baylor bear, and I got great pleasure. Is anybody here from Alabama, Alabama fans? Roll Tide. Be my wife's a Roll Tide. I took great pleasure in seeing a coaching uh, issue cause uh, uh, Alabama not to make it to uh, the next round of a contender in the playoffs. I'm a Baylor Bear, so we're rooting for Baylor to come beat Oklahoma this weekend. Yeah, there's some children in Tuscaloosa that since they were born, their team has never not been in the playoffs, so they don't know how to adjust. So it's kind of fun. I'm an Auburn guy, so it was kind of fun for me that day. But it's, it's fun. So Tuscaloosa is a great city to live in. We really appreciate being there as a family. Yeah, so this is a show we do called Fuller Speed Ahead. And really, it's, uh, you can find it on Freightways TV, which is on the Apple TV now. So if you have Apple TV, Roku devices, you can actually watch Freightways TV. And, and what I do is I sit down and talk and interview someone from the industry. It could be a technology vendor. It could be an entrepreneur. It could be a venture capitalist. could be someone like yourself. So anytime that you get to Chattanooga, uh, we'd love to interview. Unfortunately, I, just because like the energy, it takes a lot of, it, it, is like, you know, it, it can exhaust it. Can't do a lot today, so I can only do about two or three a day. I think we've got four today. Otherwise, it just it starts to lose it. But uh, do tune in. Um, but uh, Brent, you've been at Truck Stop. Truck Stop's gone through a lot of transitions over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, you, you guys started, when did you start? When did the Truck Stop story start? We talk about in the late, the late 2000, uh, early, two, well, we early 90s? Well, we transitioning the company in 2013. So Truck Stop started in 1995, and a lot of the guys in this room, I'm sure, are, are hopefully are Truck Stop customers. But uh, we started in 95, but in uh, 2013, our founder made the decision to really start to begin to broadly uh, grow the company. And so, uh, so it started in 2013. And so you guys, from 2013, then you raised, you had private equity in the, in the business? We did not. In 2013, we were completely privately held. But you took private equity. Yeah, at right. when, when was that? When did you guys take? Says I'm loud enough as it is. So. <laughs> when did you guys take uh, investment? In 2016. 2016. Yeah, okay. with Bergal Sage Mount. Yeah. So. And then recently, you guys uh, took venture money or private equity money uh, in your business uh, uh, just a couple of months ago. Correct. Yeah. In April of this year, uh, Iconic bought out the Bergal Sage Mount's uh, minority share in the company. They bought a majority share. Iconic did in the company, which kind of ushered in a totally different uh, a point of view with our company on, on how we wanted to grow and serve the industry uh, with, um, with our founder now selling a, ma a majority share in the company. But we took on equity money, Craig, predominantly because we knew we were going to grow the company because the marketplace was changing dramatically, as everybody has in this marketplace has seen. Um, and, and we felt like we wanted good advice on how to navigate that growth. It wasn't a money play. It wasn't any of those things. It was just total to understand how we want to navigate growth so we could serve the customer the best. So how does, I mean, I look at, you know, Uber gets a lot of attention. We talked sure. this morning, mm -hmm. uh, my opening was about all of the venture capital investing that's going into mm -hmm. space. And that's, you know, that's both exciting because it brings a lot of sure. new energy, a lot of great. young people, but it also changes the way the business operates. But mm -hmm. you guys went from a uh, a legacy technology company that grew up in the internet age right. to now yeah. in the sort of digitization, how are you positioning, or how is Truckstop positioning itself to sort of uh, thrive in the next uh, iteration of the industry? Right, that's a great question. Well, we, we saw in 2013 a lot of the new entrants coming in the market. Look, new entrants are great because they push technology, or they push advancement, not just technology, but advancement for all of us uh, a lot faster than maybe some would even be comfortable doing. Um, you know, trucking is a well-established foundational part of the, the American 
uh, economy and making that transition to what it needs to next so it can be more efficient. Uh, these new entrants were, were big catalysts of change for that. And so we recognized that in 2013. And so we were pre prepping our company because we're such a, a dominant player inside of the spot market, uh, serving about 75,000 customers. Uh, we knew that was going to change. And so we knew we needed to change in order to really help the market transition. And so we were preparing for those four years to really get ready for the digital movement of freight to start to happen for the marketplace. And so in, in, we were able to build all that up till this year, and in November of this year, we launched a, a digital freight matching marketplace that enables all the marketplace to use uh, uh, the technology to be able to advance their company. So you guys are getting into brokerage, or no, no, mean? no, never, never. We, we'd never do that. We would alienate all 10,000 of our brokerage companies really quickly. We have we we never want to do that. We only want to enable the brokerage companies to be able to grow their businesses. And technology is a big part, as you know, being a former broker yourself. Uh, you know that uh, technology is a big part of them being able to grow their businesses. So what does it mean when you say digital matching? Mm -hmm. um, and this is a room full of truckload yeah. asset-based yeah. carriers mm -hmm. that uh, often, I think everybody in the room or a large percent of the room actually have brokerage operations yep. and, and are yep. likely customers of TruckStop. Um, I'm curious, when you get into the matching, if you're not the broker, what is your role? Are you guys the NASDAQ of trucking? Do you play the role as the marketplace in the exchange? Yeah, we would be the, we'd be the data connection in the middle. We'd be the API hub where uh, as many parties that want to participate into it can connect in digitally or electronically and be able to move freight within the system openly. So if you think about some of the private marketplaces that have come up, and there's been some really great companies, you mentioned a few of them, that have... Uh, a technology they offer that comes just from their company out to a marketplace. Well, that's that's wonderful for their business. It's not wonderful for everybody else's business. There has to be a technology partner to be able to provide that to the entire part of the market. And the reason that is is you've got billion-dollar companies and you've got $5 million companies that play in this marketplace. So who's going to enable the entire marketplace to work so the dynamics of the marketplace work for uh, the marketplace and for the consumer? So that's very important to, in our eyes in order to be able to enable these customers to sustain their businesses. I mean, the Ubers and the Convoys really want it in a walled garden. They want to maintain the customer, the capacity sure. and the freight inside that own, in their own ecosystem. Right. But you're, you're talking about a broader sort of play around a marketplace that basically asset carriers and other brokers can participate. Sure, absolutely. We, it's always been our, our mantra as a company to help every business succeed, no matter what, no matter their size. So we develop technology that allows them to be able to digitally match freight. And that's basically digital means frictionless, right? It's personless. So it's, it's, it's automating the things that need to be automated. That where a, so a brokerage company can take their carrier management group that now is making these manual phone calls on standard freight, where how can you automate that process where the standard stuff that's easy to, easier to move can be automated and then the harder stuff that still takes a manual connection is still available at the same time. So you're basically taking the ability for a business to produce, you're, you're taking technology and increasing that with the same number of employees that they have. So if you've got 25 employees, what if you could double their production? I think so, for the, I mean, for asset yeah. carriers, you seem to understand more yeah. about uh, the cost side, of it, not mm -hmm. so much the margin side, but the operational cost side. Mm -hmm. Uh, much more so than, than some of the, the freight brokerages do in terms of, uh, because that's, they're, they're far more tuned to cost elements oh, sure. and optimization yeah. of cost than they are other, otherwise. Right. Well, when you, when you, when you consider that 40% of a brokerage cost, so when you think about the brokerage industry, our 10,000 customers are split right down the middle. 
of on the brokerage end. 5,000 are non-asset brokerage companies. 5,000 are asset-based brokerage companies, and a lot of them are sitting in this room. And so, but, but the commonality of cost is the same. It still costs 40% of their, their freight movement cost in the carrier management end. So if you can automate that by a product that, that enables every company to do it, then you're, you're basically you're reducing cost in one area and you're increasing uh, production in another. We call it volume and velocity, the two Vs. So that's our whole goal as a company is to enable companies to be able to grow. So what is your message uh, to your customers and to this room where Uber has gone out and doesn't have to make a profit, uh, at least what has been reported, Convoy doesn't have to make a profit. These are raising, when you raise venture capital, you're actually, suggest that you're losing money because you're having to mm -hmm. accumulate that uh, cash to uh, manage working capital. What is your message to companies that are in the room that actually have mm -hmm. to make a profit? How do, you, how do they compete against that? Well, uh, I, th I think our message is, the companies you mentioned are, are good companies and they're, they're, they're trying to, to grow their businesses. Our message to, to any brokerage customer of ours or any, any asset player in the marketplace is, how do you leverage the things that are in the market or new in the market to run your business better? And so there's gotta be somebody that can provide this type of technology to a marketplace. This is what, this is what we did in 1995. We enabled a, a marketplace to work online to move all their freight. All right, so um, we, this, this next digital advancement is the next generation of that on how do you, how do you automate and make things uh, easier and more efficient for the broker to do it. And, and you, you do it by, by taking the manual processes out. And so you guys, as, as having a bottom line, you guys all measure it. We do too. I mean, we're a technology company. We, we measure things by efficiency just as much as you do. Um, and, and to me, it, it's, it's how is freight going to move today? And then how's it going to move tomorrow? So the, the automate, automatic marketplace or the automated marketplace is, is going to be, in the next five to seven years, is going to be standard for all of us. So how does spot market freight or brokerage freight, how does that move? Uh, today and then how's it going to move how is all freight going to move more more electronically as the marketplace moves forward you said five to seven it's going to be electronic which means yeah, humans we, are not going to be involved unless there's an exception or unless it's special projects is that your view well i, I think that I, I think you well this is trucking and you've been in this your family grew up in this and i've been in it for 20 years I, and and last time i checked humans are pretty relationally oriented we we like to have relationships where relationships are important and I don't think you're ever going to take that out of the trucking industry or out of the freight industry because it's so complex. This isn't a straight line like booking a flight or you know, getting a, 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 a car to take you somewhere. It's much more complex than that. So you talked about exceptions. Um, it, it'll be a long time before there's the, the true automation happens in it, uh, or if ever. Uh, certainly we're preparing uh, for enabling the marketplace to uh, keep what's important to them which is the relationship to, the, to, to the, the person that's driving the truck or to their shipper customer and enabling that to happen even faster. So this year's been, market's been soft. A little uh, bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, normal, I'd say it's normal. You think I it's normal? No, nah, we'd, we'd say it's absolutely normal. We, we, do, do you think that's a, a, just a function of more freight is now handled by brokers and third-party logistics companies? Because, hmm. I mean, if you look at the operating ratio, which is published on there, is that yeah. the majority of, uh, as an industry, mm -hmm. the, the majority of ORs, I mean, some of it is accounting mm -hmm. depreciation, but the industry as a whole has actually had a really rough year, even worth 15 to 16. So you almost wonder if it's a, it's a amount of share that brokers are taking a larger percent of the overall pie mm -hmm. um, versus, and they're taking share from the asset guys. Do you subscribe to that? Or do you think uh. that fundamentally that the market is 
is actually pretty back to where we were in 17. Well, here's what I would say. Look at the data. You guys were looking at data on the screen. I can't tell you how important it is to look at data. It's, the most, it's probably one of the most important things to grow your business. And most important, as you just mentioned, how do you anticipate those things? So we track and trend this and have for more than a decade with our Transforecast product. And we look at the market demand index. So if you look at last year, or the last 18 months before uh, December of this, this uh, 29, or 2017, the marketplace was at a 40-year high. All right, just take that as a, we're gonna store it up. It's a, it's a season of plenty for all of us. Um, but when you look at the average number of loads that are booked in the spot market, we look at that every single day. And then you look at the, the trucks to freight uh, index, which is what we call the market demand index, uh, it's come back down to normal. 30 is a normal for us. But, but, right, but, so, so, but you were talking about freight. So that could be, a, could be part of it um, because there's more freight handled today by brokers than ever. 20 years ago, it was 4% of the marketplace. Now it's somewhere between 25 and 30% of all the freight in the marketplace. And it strikes me is that, is that if you look at it from a volume standpoint, mm -hmm. that it's hard when you're using a load board data and deriving talking to brokerages, which is the majority of your customers, sure. to drive all your conclusions that the market is as uh, strong as it was two years ago, because on the uh, well, on I wouldn't the say it's side, as strong. I, I'd, I'd but say you said this is a normal year. It's a normalized year if you just look at it. it. It's certainly not you know where it was in in 2015 where we had a real imbalance. What you got typically when, like I said, that we have a 30 watermark on our, our market demand index. And that means 30 means there's just as many trucks as there are is freight in the spot market. And the spot market is a leading indicator. It's about a six month leading indicator to what the contract market's going to do. I see a lot of heads shaking like this. Okay, so. Um, we look at what's the balance in that, and right now it's been hovering between 31 and 29, 27, somewhere in there, which means it's pretty balanced. Which, it, and to me, this is what I hear because I talk to shippers, I talk to brokers, I talk to carriers, and I talk to large carriers and small carriers. And the thing that I look at is that when it's balanced, nobody's happy. The shippers putting pressure back on the large carriers for their contract freight. The brokers are putting pressure back on the small carriers for the freight that they move in the spot market, and everybody's pushing back and forth, so nobody's super happy. But the, but the issue in this room right. is that their costs have gone up double digits. Their costs have is, gone up since 15. Right, right. You've got driver wages have gone up mm -hmm. double digits. You have fuel that's higher than it was mm -hmm. in 15. You have cost of equipment. Mm -hmm. It's harder to find drivers. Hat Don't forget insurance. Insurance is and Kill insurance them. with Kill these them. nuclear verdicts is going to be demonstrative mm -hmm. in these renewal cycles. Right. I mean, how does how does how do the guys that are driving that own the trucks deal with these types of situations? What are your customers telling you? Well, remember our on the carrier end, we do business with sixty five thousand pretty much owner operators, and so that's the guys that own one to nine trucks. So those guys are pretty flexible. Uh, and depending on the part of the market, they're, they're doing, a lot of them are doing pretty well, a lot of them are doing average, some of them are doing less than last year because planning is, is a big part of business. Um, what, what we hear is the rates aren't high enough, the rates aren't high enough, the rates aren't high enough. Well, you hear that no matter what in any they all, market. They always think yeah, rates aren't so, high enough. Even so, last year they um, were. And they have the same cost issues that, that, that a fleet would, whether you're a 100 truck fleet or a 400 truck or a 1,000 truck fleet. Um, we have not seen any decline in carrier registrations or carrier customers. So you, if you saw, if the marketplace was struggling, especially on the small carrier, the really micro carrier, the owner operator end, you would see um, a tremendous amount going out of business, like you might have done in, in 2008, somewhere in there. Um, so, but you didn't, we haven't seen that at all. So our carriers are still just as strong as ever. The number of that sign up for us every month and the number that go out of business about, about, the, about a normal. 
Uh, so we haven't seen a big, a big migration or a big change in that. You know, I talk to a lot of people that talk about the bankruptcies, and they're like, all these, you know, these carriers are going bankrupt, it means capacity is leaving. And you have to remind them that those trucks, those drivers are still mm -hmm. in the industry. Mm -hmm. They haven't left. It doesn't right. mean that operating authority right. is out. Yeah. Well, so what's always shocking to me, Craig, is I entered this market in 1998. Uh, I've been in trucking and around industry my whole life, but I entered into trucking in 98. In 98, there were 3.5 to 3.6 million commercial trucks available inside the marketplace. How many are there today? 3.5 to 3.6 million trucks in the marketplace. So the capacity is still the same. So the costs are different, efficiency ratios are different. This is why looking at your, like the sonar data, looking at the truck stop data, look at the data in the marketplace to be able to anticipate things is more important than ever. Because if you can anticipate a downturn, you can adjust for it. If you don't anticipate a downturn, yeah, the market's gonna be harder. Because that's, the, to, to me, the most important thing. And I think that's one of the big advantages in why we came up today to, to be with you on this is to really talk about how that can be important to a market. Not just the product, because a product is only as good as how well you use it. You can adopt all the technology. You can buy all the data you want. If you're not really building it into your business, you're not getting the advantage on it. Yeah, and, right. and we've got an old industry that's in a great, wonderful, incredible industry that's transitioning. And so that transition's tough. Yeah, I think it's interesting to sort of watch the truck stop story. Uh, and congratulations! It's been fun. It's is been the fun. migration? I talked to one of your former investors when they first invested, and they yeah. said our our yeah. website was very dated. It was like it hadn't changed in the, uh, oh, yeah. from the we first were, iteration. Yeah. But just the transition that you guys have made in the past couple of years mm -hmm. and this year is pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. Where you're you're now not just talking about uh, the disruption, but you guys are a part of that story. So. Well, to, to us, it, it's it's so important to help the customer um, solve problems they want solving. How are they solving their ability to find a move freight? How are they solving the problem for the planning of that freight? How are they uh, uh, solving the problem for payments and analytics? And all that going back into a system that allows them to do a P&L at the end of the month. Uh, from, a, from our small carrier standpoint, from a large carrier, from a broker standpoint, it's really how are they able to get that data and, and utilize it to create efficiency in their business? And, and to me, that's the most important thing. So if you could leave this group with one piece mm -hmm. of advice uh, that <laughs> they can take home and implement in their business, what is it? Yeah, um, I think it's uh, the most important thing I'd say to you guys is, and I love trucking. I've loved it my whole life since I was a little boy working on a dock, loading my dad's trucks with the steel that we had just cut by the machines. And so I've loved it my whole life is really understand how you can integrate products into your business that can help you create more efficiency. I know that sounds kind of funny, but um, I've got six kids. They're all very different, all right? So they produce a lot of different things that they need. And so how are, how are my wife and I adjusting to their growth? How are you guys gonna adjust to this industry as it digitally changes? And it's gonna change because spot market freight's gonna become more automated, contracted and dedicated freight is going to become more automated. How can technology or how can the, the, the providers in this industry really help you be more successful with the employees you have now or the employees you're going to have in the future? And I think that's the, another big thing is really understand the dynamic of what do you need from uh, the staffing, the, the, the associates, the employees, whatever, whatever you want to call them, that's going to help you change your business because this business is going to become uh, um, more efficient through automation, although you're never going to re remove the relationship. It's a, I mean, it's going to become an exception management, particularly in the... Well, I think the, so, the in, in a way, yeah. Well, Brent, thanks for your time today. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you coming. Thanks for being here. Yeah, pleasure.